Hello there and welcome to the very first Football Family podcast brought to you in association with Phoenix 98 FM, Brentwood and Billericay's local radio station. I'm John Chubb and I'm going to be hosting each podcast, but the real stars of the show are Rob and Ollie Lee, who have joined me in the studio now. How are we doing, guys? Pretty good, John. Thanks. Very, very good. Yeah, Looking forward good, to thanks, this. John. Looking forward to it. Great stuff. Well, uh, I'll get an introduction out of the way, first of all, uh, Rob and Ollie are both ex-professional footballers. Rob played over 700 league games, uh, the bulk of them for Charlton and Newcastle, and also had spells with Derby, West Ham and Wickham, uh, before eventually hanging up his boots at the age of 40. He also won 21 England caps between 1994 and 1998, and he was in Glenn Hoddle's squad for the 1998 World Cup in France. Then his son Ollie followed him into professional football, uh, playing over 300 league games himself for various clubs. After beginning his career at West Ham, uh, he turned out for the likes of uh, Barnet, uh, Birmingham, Luton, Hearts, uh, and finally Gilliam. So um, a lot of experience to uh, to draw on. Uh, some uh, expert. Uh, analysis and opinions uh, on the beautiful game, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully uh, some laughs and banter uh, along the way as well. And um, you saw a couple of games this weekend, didn't you? Yeah, we went. We was lucky enough to. Uh, my other son Elliot plays at um, at Wrexham at the moment, so we was uh, myself and Ollie went up there and uh, watched them get promotion at the National League, which was uh, an amazing scene. Amazing. Fans, amazing place, and then uh, we then trotted on up to uh, up to Newcastle and watched the mighty Toon uh, get their Champions League place. I, I suspect after beating Tottenham six one, which was a great great time, wasn't it? Yeah, we had a really good weekend. It was obviously great to take in such games, and finally Elwyn Wrexham getting over the line, which was a brilliant experience for the for the whole family to be there. So uh, it sort of pushes us on to why we was doing this podcast was the reasons that. For me and Dad, obviously, we talk about football 24-7, so we thought having two different ex-players from different eras with different opinions talking on all different things, football, current games, previous games, coaching. I'm really big on the psychology of football as well, so psychology. So Yeah, I'm not, so... Yes, yeah, so you'll, you'll see... <laughs> nice contrast there, A real contrast. So we, we, we differ in opinions on a lot of things and we, and we agree on a lot of things, so it'll be a... It'll hopefully be an interesting listen for, for people out there to see yeah, the different views we have on the game and, and the things going on within football. Sure. So focusing on those uh, those two games you watched at the weekend, I, was, I saw Wrexham myself in uh, early March, I think it was. I saw their game at Dagenham and Redbridge, uh, a company for the radio station, and um, they are a superb side. They won 4-0 yeah. that night, and they, they virtually brushed... The daggers uh, aside, Elliot was playing. Uh, yeah. He he was we were standing out for them, actually. And it's it's a real fairy tale, isn't it? You know, it's a club. It's been out of the football league for fifteen years now, and all of a sudden, these two uh, guys from Hollywood come in and uh, and take the club over. And it's it's really um, captured people's imagination, um, not only in North Wales but uh, along uh, much further as well. Well, uh, uh, listen, I, I've known a lot of owners over my time and, and I've been lucky enough to meet the guys. Um, fantastic people. They just uh, they take an interest in, in 
not just the football side of it. They take an interest in the in the community side of it. They t- they're, very, they're very hands-on, aren't they? They very, come very across that yeah, way. I mean, Elliot keeps sending us stuff, doesn't he, when he gets yeah, bloody texts from Ryan Reynolds and Rob McAhenney. Um, <laughs> and he has pictures with Will Farrell and Paul Rudd. And <laughs> so we keep getting the, these uh, these messages come through to us. But they do, they, they, they take an interest in... They'll ask about their family. They know all the, all the, all the players' families and, and their kids. And uh, they've just got a great thing going there. It's, it's a... Um, they're going places. Listen, the National League is the hardest league to get out of. I think everyone knows that because of the only one go up. You know, I feel so sorry for Notts County. I really like their manager. I like the way they play. Played them a few weeks ago. We were lucky enough to beat them 3-2. Uh, but they're on 106 points and <laughs> there's a chance that they could get beaten in the playoffs and not go up. I hope it doesn't happen because I really would like to see them go up. But Yeah, be very harsh on them if they don't go up. Huge, hugely, hugely, but but that's football. You know that, that I dreaded Wrexham getting pulled into it because I know what football's like. I know that you know the, the team that usually should win it doesn't. <laughs> so uh, I I do fear for them, but they, they're they're such a good footballing team, and and uh, I, I just pray that they do go up. Yeah, they've got a really strong squad. Like like Wrexham, I've even watching the game Saturday. I was going through their team, and I think nearly everyone is really a League One player minimum. So that they've. Like Dad's touching on it, it's such a hard league to get out of. So full credit to him for for getting over the line and getting that final hurdle done. And yeah, like we said, we've got a soft spot for Notts County now because they've shut, thrown them all the way. So hopefully they'll do it too. Because again, they've got really strong squad. There's good players at that level, and yeah, you see through all all the non-league levels, some really good players, and there's some hidden gems down there to be found alongside the the more renowned players like the Paul Mullins and L that have done really well and proved a point and shown how good they are. Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that these days um, the National League is a professional league, whereas years ago it wasn't, has, has made a big, big difference. Yeah, listen, it's, it's League Three, really, isn't it? That, that's, yeah. that's the main thing. Because, because there's no. You've got some big clubs down there, you know, South End down there, Chesterfield are down there, Notts County and Wrexham, obviously. But they've got some. There's some clubs there that shouldn't really shouldn't be, really be there at all. So. Um, so it is, a, it is a League Three. It is all, all professional. You know, ninety-nine percent of it's professional. Yeah. Um, so it's, but it's just so difficult to get out of unless they change this silly rule where only one goes up, which is, you know, is from many, many years ago. The, the teams now are, are equipped to go up, and they should go up. And, and hopefully they'll, they'll, whatever happens this year, they'll, they'll change it next season. So uh, after the promotion party in North Wales on Still Saturday going on, night, that is. Going on, Elliot. He's come home yet? Yeah, any sign of Elliot? Yeah. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's in LA with Ryan and Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on Sunday, you made your way up to the northeast, uh, Rob. Uh, your uh, old club, Newcastle United, uh, big game uh, against Tottenham, uh, which some were billing as a. Uh, uh, a sort of Champions League decider, but um, it was no contest in the end, was it? No, none at all. I mean, I, I thought it'd be, you know, Spurs on their day are very good. They've got, you know, Harry Kane is still, for me, is still the best player, best striker in the Premier League. I know Haaland's yeah. done brilliant this year, but I think when it's over, a, a, you know, a long period of time, he does it every single year, year in, year out. And they got Son, who hasn't been as good this year, but he's still a quality player. But they were just... I mean, they were just blown away, weren't they? It was just ridiculous. Yeah, I think, I think well, Dad knows what... We actually, as we were at the game, Dad was asked, oh, what do you think the score will be? And he's going to love telling it, but he said, he said 7-1 before the game. Uh, the last time I played them, I think we beat them 7-1, I think, and uh, got a couple of goals. So uh, I thought, yeah. yeah, why not say 7-1? <laughs> 
So <laughs> you, you'll realise he don't. He, he likes to tell the old stories and talk about the old game. So he was telling everyone about that. And then, He's still had out on that yeah. one for years, yeah. obviously. One was going in, two going in, three going in, and I'm looking. It's going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> Coming at half time, and he, he was lovely. Do you know what? If they, had, they, had, they took their foot off the pedal in the second half, they could have had seven as well. It would have been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it should have been, been perfect for him. Been rich, but. Um, yeah, so it was great. Obviously, Dad had all the, the fans coming up. To go, oh, you've nearly got it. You nearly called it. Like we, we couldn't believe what we were seeing, really. But I think Dad will know better than anyone. But the the atmosphere at St James's Park. I think if you get an early goal there, it's it's a tough place for the opposition to play, and it's sure. a, it's a really enjoyable place for for the Newcastle players. Uh, one of my best friends is Dan Burns, so I was lucky enough to have a chat with him after the game. Oh well. Wow. He just said he couldn't believe what was going on. He, he was after two. He was like, oh, it "Might be a little bit too early. We can't take a foot of the gaff the, off the gas." And they just kept going and going. They were relentless, and it was a it was a really strong performance for them. Like we said, there's well, Dad, you'll know know better. What was it like playing in them games? And ah, it was really ridiculous. Fans are fans are mad. They're just um, you know it, when it's when it's in full swing like that, and you're and you're playing well. There's there's no better place to be. The atmosphere is is amazing. Um, you know what I mean? I, I played some great games there. Barcelona reminded me of one we beat Barcelona 3-2 in the Champions League I told you he drops these games in I, told you. <laughs> I, actually, I remember that one actually you know Sprilla got the man of the match with three goals I was much better than him that game. Uh, so you know Man United we beat Man United 5-0 and they're just, they're just great great plot. You know, it's a great great place to play football when you're, when you're, when you're doing well um, so yeah the atmosphere was amazing uh, I'm not sure your mate played that well but no, he was on fire but yeah, no, no, we we love it. We, I, I go back there, you know, every now and again. I go back and uh, do a bit of corporate up there and and, and see a few old faces. And um, it's it's it seems to be getting back to the way when when I was there under Keegan and and we had we had great owners in in Sir John Hall, Freddie Shepherd, uh, all pulling in the right direction. It, 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 the, the atmosphere that's around the ground, the atmosphere that's in 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 the ground is is very very similar to how we had it all the. And they've signed some great players, you know. Dan Byrne, I think, is a, a top signing. Um, Gamari's he looks. Bruno looks like a, he's a world class. And Joe Linton was off the charts. And <laughs> if I'm being brutally honest, I was one of the ones that was uh, giving him a bit of stick when he was a, he brought in for 40 million as a Newcastle number nine. Um, I think they quickly realised. Well, it wasn't quick, but they realised he wasn't a number nine. He wasn't a centre forward. And he looks like an 80 million pound midfield player. He was. Well, he was number seven. Well, now, isn't he? Yes, at last someone justice. someone with a number seven who uh, who wears it with uh, with great pride like I did all those years ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, back in your time at Newcastle, uh, they broke the bank, and Kevin Keegan signed Alan Shearer for fifteen million. This was in nineteen ninety six. I mean that that was considered an absolutely colossal amount at the time. But I think a, a striker of Shearer's calibre will probably go for about ten times that now, wouldn't he? Probably more than that, I would have thought. Yeah, it was at the time. It was amazing. We just, um, just we just lost out on the title to to Man United the year before, and yeah, um, and we and all of a sudden we were going. Out, we actually were flying out to, to to the Far East for three and a half weeks, and then Keegan got off the plane. We knew something was up, really, and then um, you know when we were, when we were landed in uh, in the Far East, we'd, we'd signed um, we'd signed Alan Shearer fifteen million pounds. The funny thing is, he wasn't allowed to fly with us because we had <laughs> we couldn't afford the assurance for all the players plus Shearer, so <laughs> he had to fly. <laughs> he had to fly separately. That's <laughs> that's how much money they had to pay out. <laughs> Brilliant. 
So how do you um, compare this? Is it this current Newcastle side to the one you played? I know it's a, I know it's a different era, but uh, how, uh, how do they sort of shape up to the... Somebody, uh, somebody asked me that on, on Saturday, actually. You know, it, I, I did a, a, an interview with somebody. You know, can you compare it to the entertainers? Well, you can't really, because we, we did it over, over a, you know, the entertainers grew over sort of like a three or four year period. I mean, the team have done brilliantly this season. But the, I think the proof will be in the pudding will be next year. I'm sure they'll buy new players. I'm sure they'll buy better players. But it's buying the right players. They've actually got, you know, when, when, when I signed, we, we, you know, we signed John Beresford, we signed Paul Bracewell was there, Barry Venison, we signed Andy Cole just after me. And you had, you had players that actually wanted to play for Newcastle. And I think yeah. recently, in the, in, the, in the Mike Ashley years, we signed players that I think wanted to play in the Premier League but didn't actually realise... Um, where Newcastle was logistically, which I remember I didn't really, but that <laughs> that's because I wasn't good at geography. But, um, <laughs> but no, no, I think they're signing the right players now. Players want to be there. You, you, you see the, the two Brazilians, Joe Linton and, and Bruno, posting pictures of them in Newcastle, and, and, which is great. That's that's the way it should be. You know, they should fans shouldn't lock themselves away from from the people up north because they're um, they do love seeing their their players around and about. Who do you think gets in the entertainers team from none the current them, team? None of them, none of them. Still none of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Trippier. Trippier, I really like. I think he's been a great. I think he's been a great signing. The goalie, yeah, maybe the goalie. We didn't. We never had a. We had. We had top goalies in in Pavel Cernicek and and Shaka uh, Hislop, but they weren't. You know, Man United had, you know, the best goalie in the world, best goalie I've ever seen in uh, Peter Schmeichel. Yeah, I think that was the difference. I think uh, I. I it used to be when I was asked to ask that question, some that, that none of them would get in. But I, I, I think you're getting, we're getting a team now where actually some of them would get in. I'm not yeah, sure that's, that's high praise enough. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure they take my position yet. But, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get rid of Shearer and put um, put someone else in. Put Shearer. <laughs> 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 you still in contact with Andrew Shearer at all? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny when you when you're, you're no son. When you're playing football, you so you play with a lot of players, but you keep in contact with very very few of them. Yeah, scary, yeah. really. I think there's a group of four of my mates that we've stayed in contact for our whole careers and then yeah the rest you, you're pleased to see and you're happy when you see them and bump into them but you don't really keep it's probably it's, it's quite bad really that football's like that because you think you spend all your time with these people for a season two seasons three seasons and then one minute you're, you're sold or you leave or you're transferred and then it's like you lose all contact you see them at a game oh well done how you doing family okay and that's it like it's, it's a shame yeah really. Things move on very quickly. They, they don't, uh, very quickly in football. Yeah, very quickly. So I'm, I'm the same. I've got a, a few people that I, that I speak to, probably count on one hand, and then the rest are just um, old pros I'll have a drink with every now and again. <laughs> one of the features uh, we're going to do uh, on this podcast on a regular basis, uh, we're going to be doing a feature called 10 Questions. And... Um, Using uh, the contacts that you both have uh, within the game, we're going to be having some quite famous uh, guests on, hopefully. But um, first off, Rob, you're going to be the subject. I am, yes, yes. Not sure I'm looking forward to it, dreading it or uh, or not. Some of the questions are going to be pulled out of the hat and given to me, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, uh, Ollie compiled about 25 questions. And uh, dear listener, I should just say that before uh, we began this we decided to draw 10 of them 
out of the hat, ten, ten of the very best ones. And if, like me, you're old enough to remember Shoot magazine in the uh, 1970s and 80s, it might remind you of the old uh, Focus On feature on the back page of uh, the magazine because it's, it's a mixture of sort of footballing and non-footballing questions. Uh, so I'm going to go through those now. First off, Rob, uh, who's the most famous person in your phone book? Wow, um, God. Uh, well, I mentioned Alan Shearer. He, he, he's famous, I suppose, in football, isn't he? Uh, he keeps telling me he is. But uh, Anton Decker, probably, probably my favourite. <laughs> I, I met Anton Deck when I was <laughs> when I was captain at Newcastle many years ago with, uh, in '96, '97, and then big fans, of course. Yeah, they're, they're huge fans of Newcastle. And I remember Kenny Daglish. I was a captain. And he said, "Oh, can you go down and, and go to this shop? There's a couple of young." presenters who are in Biker Grove and stuff and uh, I said, oh Gaffer leave it now. I don't want to go down there and meet them you know what I mean I just, two young <laughs> kids and uh, I, I had to go down there I had to go to this shop and, and I met, met the two guys and as you say they're, they're huge huge Newcastle fans and uh, and just so I was, I, I've, I've always kept in contact with them you know it's usually when I want something I'll ring them and <laughs> 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 but yeah I meet them at games every now and again they go to the games we see each other at games and uh, yeah We've had a couple of uh, drinks together over the years, so um, so yeah, that's probably the, the most um, the mo- most famous um, I've ever had. Though I did I did used to have David Guest though. David Guest, you know, remembers David Guest. That was the most weirdest um, weirdest friendship ever. Yeah, <laughs> David Guest just on the phone, and it was a regular thing as well. It wasn't like like we were talking about the people that you lose contact with in football. This was not him and David Guest. They were <laughs> yeah. like every week. How, how on earth did you get in contact with him in the first place? Well, it was a, again, it was, a, it was a game. I'd retired and we went to a game. I went to a game with a good friend of mine, John Burris, and we're sitting in a restaurant before the game. We're playing Arsenal um, before the game. We were in a restaurant. The guy, we knew the owner of the restaurant and it was closed. It was 12 o'clock at night. A big group of us. And then David Guest walked in with his bouncer. Um, God rest him. And... Uh, Obviously, the owners said, "Listen, we're closed." And I said, "Oh, come and join us, sort of thing. Come on, come sit down, and have a." And all of a sudden, he said, "Oh, can I ring you tomorrow? We meet up for the game." I said, "Yeah, of course you can." And we just we started this weird. I used to have do's in London, and I um, I, remember, I remember him putting on this do. So you see a lot of charity do's. He had so much memorabilia from you know from Michael Jackson. He must have had huge like garages of Michael Jackson signed stuff, checks. Yeah. From Michael Jackson pictures and and, and, and lots of because he was a he was a top producer over the years um, and I remember he, <laughs> I'd known him long and I'd done a few do's in Newcastle and I remember the the woman who um, and he had a charity do in Newcastle I remember the woman um, called Teresa who used to run the hotel and she <laughs> and I'm on my way up and she rang me up and said um, have you spoke to David recently I said no and she said have you seen what he's done and I said no and he said. Uh, does he know you're married? And I said, well, no, it's not, it's not come up. Well, he said, he's auctioned you up for a date. Uh, <laughs> she said, I think you better tell, you better tell Anna, you better tell your wife. <laughs> so I had to ring him quickly and say, listen, uh, well, he actually, she told him and he rang me. And I just remember him on the other, Rob. I said, yeah. He said, are you married? <laughs> yeah, I am, Dave. He went, shit. He said, I've auctioned you off for a date. I said, we can't have that. I think we have to change it. <laughs> and we had to change it then for a night with me and him, which, which which we did. We went out of a night where these people were paid to go out with us. And uh, but no, and and I, you know, up until his death, we we he used to ring me, but he'd ring me at 
one in the morning and two in the morning and it was just <laughs> I got on so well with him. I don't know why I just seemed to get on really well with him and um, it was just the weirdest relationship so um, it was a <laughs> nice guy or, or fond memories of him very very fond memories oh, that's really nice what's your favourite film? Uh, my, uh, I've got a few favourite films I, I'm, I'm a bit of a film buff I like, I like a good old film um, The Thomas Crown Affair I don't know if anybody knows it, but it was um, they remade it with um, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I don't know, twenty, maybe fifteen, twenty years ago, and I, I've always loved that that film. And Gladiator, I like Russell Crowe and all that sort of thing, and uh, all those. Sort of, I'm about to say Deadpool as well. Got to case, say Deadpool. Case Ryan Reynolds is listening, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> uh, listening to this podcast. So. Hopefully. <laughs> and what car do you drive? Uh, I, I drive at the moment. I drive an Audi A6. Um, I mean, my first car was a Capri Gear, and again, all the old people will know what they, what they were. It was a long, front <laughs> Ford car. Uh, I remember getting it years and years ago uh, when, I was, when I just passed my test. But it was so long, and I wasn't used to driving it, and uh, I used to hit everything in my, in my Ford Gear. <laughs> 1.6. I remember it white, white with leather interior. Um, Lovely. Actually, actually, uh, yeah, actually, picture mum up on that from her work. So oh, there you right. go. That's, 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 <laughs> I was going to say I picked birds up, but you know, <laughs> no, that's it, true. it was actually your mum. Yeah. <laughs> what team did you support growing up? Well, I, I, I was always I was born. Uh, my 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 granddad was um, a West a big West Ham fan, born in the East End. My mum's dad, Stan, and I, I was. He took me to a few games. I, I was sort of like from, from I was born in the uh, the East End of London, so I was, I was a West Ham fan. But I also had a soft spot for Liverpool because of um, I don't know because they were winning everything or in the seventies <laughs> or it was Kevin Keegan who was sort of like my my idol. So um, Terry McDermott and people like that. And so I had a soft spot for Liverpool as well. But um, I, I might say uh, I was a West Ham fan. And. Um... Who was your best training player? Why? Oh, wow, that's um. Well, it wasn't Tino Spria because <laughs> he was awful. Uh, it wasn't David Ginola because again he was awful. David Batty was the worst. He hated football. He uh, used to go and stand on the wing, never never join in training. Um, just be on the wing, cross the ball in, get in his car, go home. Uh, he hated football. Yeah, no, he just didn't like. He just didn't. He was very very good at it. But he just didn't like it. So, it, it, you know, you ask anybody you meet, David Batty, they go, oh, yeah, what do you know about him? No, nothing, really, because he used to drive his car in, and he used to live in Weatherby, so that's an hour and 20 minutes away from Newcastle. Get in his car, come in, he had no wash bag, uh, come in, train, shooting, get in his car, drive home to his wife and his twins, and that. that's what he'd done his whole career. Wherever he was, didn't leave Weatherby, I used to drive, so he, but he was, uh, again, great player, great player on a Saturday, but I don't know if you, you had any of these players in your time, that, that great players when they play on a Saturday, but just training was awful, he was dreadful. Yeah, he obviously must have been that good, obviously it was a bit before my time to see him, but you have to be really good to be able Yeah, you have to, to be good, I, I, I wasn't, I, I trained hard, I mean, I was, one, I, was, I was probably one of the best trainers, if you put something on I liked. So, yeah, I mean, you're telling me about <laughs> Yeah, if, if it was running... <laughs> If it was running, I, I hated it. Just without a ball, I put me put me in a game. I was very good. Um, yeah, we had, we had some good runners at, at Newcastle at the time. You know, Warren Barton and, and John Beresford and great runners. But 
fly past you uh, in the running session and I'd just shout out, we'll get the balls out and let's see how good you are. So, <laughs> always Which always went down well. Yeah. Which always went down well with the lads. So, <laughs> But yeah, no, I'd say, yeah, listen, Warren Barton was a, was a great trainer. He, he used to he, run around. You kicked him out of the entertainer's team for Trippier though. I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah these so things he, happen. He can run but he can't cross times, the corner. Times, times move on. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to be happy about this. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, who's your funniest teammate? God, I had, I had a few few teammates who were uh, Gazel. Gazel was probably the, the I had him with England, so he was um, a weird, weird. <laughs> He's like a kid. He's like a five year old. You're like about an hour of him, you're okay. Two hours of him, you're getting annoyed with him. Three hours of him, you're getting oh my god. He's still doing the same same jokes and tricks, and uh, but he just done anything to anything to make you laugh, make you. You know, I've seen him ruin team talks with Don Howe and Terry Venables. You know, standing there in his, his underpants and pulling him as far up as he possibly can and nodding, <laughs> nodding his head really quickly. And Don Howe going, "You get that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> just stupid, stupid things he would do, like very, very harmless. But he's just, uh, you know, he was uh, he was absolutely mad as a hatter. But um, great, think there's, great. No, there's no real characters like him anymore. No, there, no, there isn't, son. You're right. The, the, the characters are all, all going out of the game. Whether they, because it's, I think we're more politically correct than some of the things that we yeah. used to do in the old days that we used to get away with, and uh, you know, Gaza could get away with in those days. I don't think you can, you can get away with it these days. And they seem to hide themselves away. They don't seem to let their personalities. But again, because if they do, there's phones around. There's there's people, you know, going to get straight onto them and, and give them stick for. You know, it's like on social media. There'll be 99 people love you, and there'll be one that hates you. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's a shame, really, though, because I think everyone from your era talks about Gaza. Even I would speak about Gaza because you've, mm. you've seen the you've seen the performances, and then you've seen the stories as well. And that, that's part of I think what football's about. Well, it, well, it is, yeah. And if you, you speak to anybody, everyone's got a story about Gaza. None of none of them are very clean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem you can't you can't tell him very often but he was just uh, great fun to be around as I say for, for a while and I mean I, I remember one of my, my times I went into uh, I was playing for England for one of my first times I played for England and we, we used to train at Burnham Beaches which is uh, near Wickham uh, Marlow and stuff so we said you know, what should we do so there was all in England tracks so there, there was Paul in so there was Teddy Gaza about eight of us so oh, we'll go at the pitchers Remember, this is one of my first trips, so okay, yeah, go to the pitch. We've gone in there, we've gone to see the manager. Listen, can we come and watch the packed house, totally packed house? And this sat at the back, he said, Yeah, lads, I'll get you in the back. And then Gaza's bought this huge uh, bowl of popcorn, one of these big, massive bowls of popcorn. <laughs> and we're sitting at the back, and I can't even remember what film it was, it was so long ago, but I just remember sitting all in a row, all the England lads in their tracksuits, and he's got this big bowl, and he's munching away on these. Um, munching away like really really loudly on these popcorn um, and all of a sudden he just put the popcorn out and he bashed the bottom of the popcorn and it went over everybody <laughs> in, the, in the cinema everybody got this in the cinema middle of the film and all of a sudden we've just we've just <laughs> we've got the manager who's let us in he just come in so you're gonna have to get it out you're gonna have to go <laughs> again if we'd have been phones around there we'd have, we'd have, we'd have been in serious serious trouble <laughs> i've heard that line from so many ex-pros actually good job there was no camera phones in that time. well it is because what you used to what you used to get away with is just, it's just madness you know what i mean it was it was some of the things that some of the lads, 
know, we had we had a thing in Newcastle where we'd, we'd um, it sounds disgusting, but we'd sort of like we'd spit beer at each other. That was one. Of, <laughs> so we, we used to drink pints of beer, but you was allowed to to you was, you was allowed to spit at somebody uh, to take a gulp and then spit it. No matter where they were, and they couldn't retaliate. So so <laughs> we were in taxis. We were <laughs> you used to take a pint in a taxi. You, you know, you're you're in a nightclub, you're in a bar, you're talking to somebody, you might be talking to fans, and someone come on. And you weren't allowed to, you had to, just, you had to ignore it and just wipe your face away and just get, <laughs> and just get on with it. <laughs> and we made so many of these things up that you could do, and no one could get annoyed with it. But uh, as I say, there's there no phones or cameras around then. What was your best moment on a football pitch? I, I think uh, it's a pretty easy one. When I was a kid, I wanted to play for England. I wanted to play at Wembley. I wanted to score at Wembley. And um, I was very lucky to do that. All three, really. I, I played against Romania. I think it was 94, 94, I think it was. Yeah, 94 at Wembley. Made my debut. Um, luckily enough, I scored as well. So I, I think every kid growing up wants to play for their country and wants to play at, uh, wants to play at Wembley. So that was probably the, the proudest moment of my career. And what do you think you would have done if you hadn't become a footballer? <laughs> Deary me. Uh, I was actually working. I was working with my dad before. I'd be, I was working in an office, would you believe? I was, my dad was into uh, a shipping company. I was, was a president of a, a shipping freight forwarding company in Upminster. And I worked there for, a, for about nine months. Um, hated every minute of it. Hey, every minute of it. Was that because you were working for Granddad or because <laughs> both? Don't yeah, don't don't work for your dad. <laughs> and I didn't like working in an office. Uh, and then I, I I was lucky enough to be um, be spotted by by a Charlton scout when I was playing with my mates um, on a, on, a, on a Sunday morning and, and left left the um, left the office to um, to take a one year contract out with Charlton and uh, the rest is history really. And finally, who do you think is going to win the Premier League? Well, it's a huge game. There's a huge game coming up with Arsenal and uh, Man City. Uh, I, always, I always said that um, I think Man City will catch them. I think they've got a lot of players that have been there, done it. And we was the same when, when we lost the league title in 95, 96. You know, Man United, we were 12 points clear at Christmas and then um, they were on an unbelievable run second half of the season and they had a lot of players that had already done it and, and been there and, and you know got the, got the t-shirt we hadn't and, and I think it makes a big difference because also when you're being chased you know it's I always say like you know when you're being chased it's horrible and uh, it was it, <laughs> all we used to hear is oh how'd Man United get on well they you know we'd, we'd draw three or win four three or how'd Man United go on they won one nil you know Schmeichel was brilliant and Cantona scored that's all we used to hear uh, and eventually they caught us, and I think it's. I can see the same thing happening. I can see. I'd like Arsenal to win it, if I'm being brutally honest. I don't. I, don't, I like different teams winning it, and I think Arteta's done a great job. But I can just. I can't see Arsenal beating Man City. So did you feel the pressure in the build-up to when Man you were playing? And yeah, we always played at a different time. I think when you're when you're we were the entertainers, so they wanted us on telly all the time. So we always played differently at different times, usually after them. And so usually they'd won. And again, we're now we're we're playing. We couldn't change the way we play. You know, everyone said, "Oh, why don't you just put another defender in?" And we, we couldn't do that. We wanted, to let, you know, King wouldn't let us do that. Uh, he wanted us to entertain people, and uh, we didn't have the players to do that. So we just used to go out and tag teams, and uh, it just it worked for the first half of the season. Second half of the season, I don't know if teams got got used to us or, 
Yeah, we, had, we still, we, I do take the P out of our, our defence, but we, we had, I think, the second best defensive record in the league. Yeah, yeah, which that. is mad. Well, yeah, I think Warren Bart told me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, yeah, one, one of the defenders told me. Of course um, they did. Did yeah. you think, um, so you said that you lost the title. You don't think Man U won it? No, I, no, I, 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 all I say we lost, but I think Man United. People underestimate how good Man United were. Yeah, that's you know, some of their, some of their players had come in. I mean, I think Alan Hansen made a huge mistake in saying you never win anything with kids, and they had David Beckham, Paul Scholes, Nicky Butt, and the Nevilles all coming through at the same time, and they all wanted to be, went on to be England national players. You know, it's, um, it, they had a great team, and people forget that. You know, they, and they forget. I think they last fourteen games. I think they won thirteen. Lost one. Yeah, so it's, it's always putting the pressure on when it's like. Yeah, exactly. So people, you know, you can, you can everyone ask, oh, well, you know, what what changed it? What what, you know, was it David Batty coming in? Was it was it Tino Spurrier coming? In? It was none of those. It was, it was none of those things. It was all of those things. It was. Yeah. It was everything. You know, Man United just, were just a really really good team. Yeah, just relentless chasing after. Yeah, yeah relentless they were, and, and and again, I think to win a win a title you need a top top goalkeeper. I think at the time. And I said before, I think Schmeichel's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. And he was world-class. We, we, we played them in a really crucial game at St James's Park. And we lost 1-0. Uh, but we absolutely, absolutely battered them. I, we, we could have been like the 5-0 we beat. We could have been 5-0 up. But Schmeichel must have saved four one-on-ones. Mate. Three I remember seeing it back on Premier League years a couple of times. And yeah. You just thinking, oh, that should have been a goal. That should yeah, have been a goal. Yeah, we had so many. Brilliant. Save. And then... And then who pops up? Cantona pops up. Scores at the far post. Probably their only shot, I think. And they beat us one 0 So I think uh, I think you need um, I think you need a little bit of luck on your side as well. No, without a doubt, a bit of luck, opportunity meeting the luck, and you can get. Well, it's like winning anything, isn't it? It's like winning anything. We, we we watched the Wrexham game against Notts County, you know, and they got a penalty. You know, Wrexham were three two up, and then Notts County get a penalty in the ninety six minute. Yeah, last kick of the game. Yeah. If they had scored that, there'd be massive pressure on Wrexham, but. Well, it was even we spoke about, didn't we? The, the lad placed the ball down and then the wind blew the ball. So he had to go and replace it. Yeah. And you just like a little moment like that where... And you got Ben Foster in goal. I mean, three, four weeks before that, we didn't have Ben Foster. Now, if he hasn't got Ben Foster in goal, it's, it's Ben Foster. You know, he's, he's going to be thinking... Yeah, without a doubt, he's thinking. He's thinking it's Ben Foster. You know what I mean? The and next he knows the goal is in the corner. Exactly, yeah. Sure. And that's what Ben Foster said on it. He said... The GoPros in the corner, maybe people aim for that. Yeah, it's clever. <laughs> so, clever. Just... And you need that little bit of luck to win titles, I think. And I don't think Newcastle really moment. ever get that little bit of luck at the moment. Yeah. We're, we're, we're quite unlucky. You know, the cup finals I played in, we were unlucky. We went to see the, them in the, in the Carabao Cup this year, yeah. didn't we? And uh, they didn't play well again, they didn't play well in the final. But no, never had that. But never had that little bit of luck where they get think, a goal. Do you think you make your own luck? I think you can, but I think. You, know, you don't make a luck of someone missing a penalty against yeah. you. No, no one's seen them miss a penalty against us. <laughs> that's what, that's <laughs> all I'm saying. <laughs> no, yeah. Maybe we need a goalie in there. <laughs> well, that's a cracking start to our feature 10 questions, Rob. Thanks for that. And uh, we, we're going to get aim to get a guest on uh, every time. We will, yeah. We're trying, we're trying to get um, some of the people we know. We're going to try and catch up with them and just... Uh, Randomly pick ten questions like the old match and shoot from many yeah. many years ago, and uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, some of them will be all different, interesting questions for them. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of things we can touch on over the series of this podcast, and we'll, we'll go like we said a, a variety of different 
football related questions. Yeah, but you want people. football related questions. I want, I want funny. Yeah, people. exactly. I, I prefer hearing <laughs> the football stories, and I don't. Maybe, that, maybe that's different in eras. I, I, I've heard all the football questions. I like to. Yes. That's it. So hopefully we'll will appear to will appeal to all generations really that people will be coming on listening about different people from different era stories and then if your era want to hear the boring questions about they're not boring they're, they're <laughs> questions. Like, John loves them questions he loves them questions well, he does you're right so we'll, we'll, uh, he'll we'll have me David guess one <laughs> it'll be interesting to hear the the differences in opinions and the differences of of storytelling that we like to hear and stuff so it's um. Yeah, a great start to what hopefully will be a, a brilliant podcast. Yeah, great stuff. Just following on from the conversation about Arsenal and Manchester City, obviously we're, we're very much at the business end of the season now, and um, the relegation scrap in the Premier League is, is turning into an interesting one because there's still any number of teams who, who could be could be dragged into it. But um, it wasn't looking good for West Ham, uh, a club very close to your hearts, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but they've. Uh, They've had a really good couple of results, haven't they? Uh, listen, I, 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 I watched West Ham a couple of times and, again, I, I, I think they had a... I know many people have said it, but their squad was too good, I think, for them to go down. But not with the, with the teams that were around. I mean, and you need a little bit of... I think the European uh, games have helped them, if I'm being brutally honest. They've always played well in Europe and maybe not so well in the league. Um, but I, I saw it... The thing, the difference between them and last year, where they scored a lot of goals. Listen, and I don't think they've got a natural goal scorer. And I think you always need a natural goal scorer. Yeah, I think Antonio scored a lot of goals, but he's he's not a natural goal scorer for me. And I don't think they've got one. You know, if you look at Spurs, Spurs will be where West Ham will be. Harry Kane. It's just, and if you look. At, I always look at the teams down there. That if you've got someone who can score goals, you've got half a chance of getting out. Most of the teams who are down there haven't got someone who can score goals, and they play great football, and they run until they get towards the box. And um, as Alan Shearer always told me, that's why they get paid the most amount of money because they can score goals. Uh, and that's sort of... Should we Leicester get out of there with Jamie Vardy then? Or... Yeah, well, he hasn't played a lot, has he? No, he scored. scored yeah, he scored. He scored. Yeah. Um... I know he's maybe on the, the decline. People might say, but like you said, having a goal scorer. Yeah, he's a natural goal scorer. So yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Southampton are in trouble. I don't know what you think, but I think they're in trouble. Yes. Massive trouble. Yeah, um, Bournemouth have had a bit of a resurgence. I still think they'll be... I still think they'll be in it. A bit massive. I think Everton... Again, they've never been out of it, have they? Never been out of the old Premier League or never been out of the top league. Yeah, I think the old Sean Dyche effect. Yeah, I think Sean Dyche is a good guy. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Again, I, where are they getting their goals from? That's what I... Yeah, they could do a Carl Lewin stand fit, couldn't they? He could be a difference maker. Yeah, if he's made of glass, you can't you can't keep him fit. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's that's the problem. I, I think if he plays, he's not going to be fully fit because he's been out for so long. But they're relying on him to get him goals. I mean, he can score, but it's going to be really really interesting down there. I think it's uh, say Southampton. I think are gone. And I think you've got. A, I think there must be, is there six or seven teams? In this yeah, there's, there's, there's three or four points. Because I think even like you said, West Ham have picked up. Leeds. They're, they're still, I think, they're five points off. Yeah, Leeds. Leeds. Leeds were Leeds drew with Leicester, didn't they? So yeah, that was a. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds Nothing resolved both of them at the minute. Wolves got a good result, 2 0 yeah, beat Palace. Do you even think Palace got themselves out of it with three wins in a row? I bet they're. Well, that was, a, that was a strange decision. Palace bringing, you know, getting rid of Vieira, who was first four, five, six games of the season, they were saying he's the. Doing brilliant, yeah. Yeah, he's doing he's excellent. For an ex French manager, and then all of a sudden he's sat, and they bring back Roy Hodgson, who's 
106. And <laughs> he's done well now, <laughs> he's hasn't he? He's done a brilliant job, yeah, by the way. Listen, what, people go on about all these coaches that come through the, you know, and you're going to go, <laughs> you love all this old. So, uh, coaches that come, but this is Roy Hodgson, he's just the manager, he's, you know, he's old school. And he seems to have done something that Patrick Vera couldn't do, which is get him to win three games in a row. That's it. So I'd, it's, um, I'd love to know why he's come in and changed, but yeah, like you said, I love it because I think you don't. I don't think his tactics change. I it's the way you make the players feel. I think it's the way giving them confidence and finding a way to to go out there and play. Because Palace, obviously, you look at their front line; they've got some incredibly talented players, and somehow Roy Hodgson, with his experience, has come in and knitted it all together for a couple of games. I think he's. I think he's a man manager, isn't he? I, I mean, I, I've had some great man managers and some great coaches. Uh, Who's the best at that? Coaching-wise, Glenn Hoddle was the best coach I ever had. Yeah. He was brilliant. Like putting on sessions and um, you know, knowing what the opposition going to do. And he was. He, we, we, we played three at the back before anybody did it. In two wing back, David Beckham was a wing back. You know, yeah. we played. Uh, we played that many times. I remember we played Poland away in a World Cup qualifying. We'd done all week. We did this thing about their playmaker. Um, Polish playmaker, Polish number 10. We're in Katowice away, need to win, uh, end of the season. And he said, right, this is, what, this is what he does. He's really good going forward, but what he will do, he'll lose the ball. When we get it, he said, I don't want you going sideways, I don't want you keeping it, I want you going forward. And honestly, <laughs> if anyone sees the video, because it's a video <laughs> of, of our first goal, um, the number 10, I get the ball at number 10, I play it forward to Paul Lintz, he plays it forward to Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer runs through and scores. And honestly, it was just exactly. It was exactly what he said would happen. Genius. Happened. It was. It was a genius. But um, you know, it just wasn't a man management. Managing and coaching are two different things. Totally different things. If you can do both, you'll you'll be you know like probably Pep. You're you're top top class. Keane was the best man manager I ever had. He could make you feel ten foot tall. Coaching, we never did anything. Nothing at all. <laughs> which I loved because I came from. Cholton when I first joined Newcastle I came from Cholton and I remember Alan Kerbis he was, he's great manager done brilliant for Cholton still see him now still take the piss out of him now about it but he used to have a dossier on, on every player you're playing against we had corners and free kicks we did it on a Friday like, it used to be two hours of but he's very meticulous about set plays and stuff I went to Newcastle and we had a, on the Friday we had a five aside with Keegan and McDermott joining in and we'd done it for 45 minutes. And he said, right, lads, I'll see you tomorrow. So I'm thinking, who's taking the corners and free kicks and stuff? <laughs> so I've, I've gone up to him. I said, I said, Gaffer, I said, like, Pff. I said, who's taking corners and free kicks? And he said, well, I said, if you're playing well, he said, just take one. And, and that's, <laughs> that was our, that was our... You think every club's got set-piece coaches now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's it's how far it's and... gone on. Yeah, we... we you know, never, you never got a free kick anyway because we had Ginola and Beardsley and you know, later on Shearer and we had, you could never Tino so you never got near one anyway you know, yeah. and Peter took most of the corners but most of it was just off the cuff there was nothing Did you had. score many from them? Can you remember? I can't remember yeah. I can't remember No I don't think we I don't think yeah. we, we, we scored because most of them we we done them quick we done them quick yeah. short corners and, Yeah which I like I think yeah, but, but I think we, we had a few of them I think Man United the first goal against uh, Man United was a Darren Peacock scored. That was a corner. So, it, but it wasn't, it wasn't playing. It's was, <laughs> it just off the cuff, I think. So, yeah. uh, well, that's what we we I saw. Like, I'm I'm really big into my coaching now. And I, there was a stat that from the World Cup, I think it was, there was two percent of goals were scored from corners. 
And so you're thinking, crowds get so excited when we get a mm. corner, but 2% of the time, is it going to go in the goal? So you think yeah. maybe that was the better way to just get it, play and well, uh, yeah, try Yeah, I, I think different. so. I think uh, too much is, is, I think, putting into players' heads these days about this is what we're going to do. You know, I was lucky enough to play with Peter Beers. Everything was off the cuff. Everything was off the cuff. So, um, whatever whatever you'd set up anyway, he he, he would do something yeah. ridiculously off the cuff. But he's that. a world class talent as well, wasn't he? Yeah, no, listen, no, no, no. But I think you 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 buy players to to as Keegan told me, you buy players to entertain people, and, and you don't buy a, a David Ginola and tell him to run back and <laughs> yeah, defend, with John, with Dem, defend like with John Beresford, you know, because yeah. <laughs> his job is to is to get the ball and, and create chances and, and score goals and, and, and excite people, yeah. And it's So I think there's no point in buying these players and then making them do something they're not good at. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Yeah, we do agree on we something. We do agree on something. So, <laughs> there you go. It's, it. it's the first time for first time yeah, so exactly. far. No, it, it's an entertainment <laughs> game. That's how it should be. <laughs> Ollie, you mentioned coaching there, something something you're doing now. Um, have, have you got ambitions in the fields of, of coaching and management? Are you looking to maybe get back into into the professional game eventually yeah, doing that without without a doubt so I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm, I'm coaching at Spurs at the minute in the academy there with the under 14s and yeah, he um, wasn't sure whether to jump up when they when we, yeah exactly Spurs Newcastle here when they well, Newcastle five goals went in and the goals are going oh, what can I do here? <laughs> I was really uh, stuck between a rock and a hard place with that one but so yeah so I, I'm on that journey and yeah I, I do have, asp- have big aspirations for it but um, I just want to be the best I can be every day it's, it's a real I think it stood me in good stead that every day I try and get a little bit better. I, I did it throughout my career and I, I do it throughout my life, to be honest. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. So we'll see where it takes me. We've also um, we've set up a Lee Football Academy running out of Brentwood. So that's for uh, children of all ages, all abilities. And me and Dad, it's been great. We've been working together on this. So we, we coach every week doing that. And we've had a real uh, variety of players coming in. And it's been excellent for us. And we get a real... A real kick out of helping these kids on their journey and helping them uh, find a way to be the best they can be and it's obviously also been nice me and dad can do it together and bounce ideas off each other and it's yeah it's, it's been a great experience so I'm, personally I'm trying to get as much learning in as I can and be be the best version of myself and the best coach I can possibly be yeah and it's great for the kids as well having two experienced ex-pros in charge of the whole thing yeah, as well I, th- I think it's invaluable for, for the kids that we're, we're there every week and we're, we're passing on knowledge that we have and obviously with, with dad being there an ex-England international you can't get any better advice really from, from someone to that although some of them probably don't actually know who he is but <laughs> I have to tell all him, of them don't know who he is I have to tell him he was quite good back in the day um, so then yeah and then obviously with my experience as well so we, we pass that knowledge on and we hope not whether they become football players or not but if it helps them become better people better Sunday league better School it's quite, it's quite good because we get a bit of old school, which is myself, and a bit of bit of new school, which is Ollie. So it's um, they they get, and it's not we only have small groups, so it's well, it's a bit like one on one coaching, which is what I hated about all these soccer schools is there's twenty thirty people, the guy who's who's got his name in it never there, um, and you 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 know it really they get any coaching because there's too many people to do it, and, and it's uh, it's a shame really. So we we. The idea for us was to do keep it in very very small groups so we can uh, we can personally help uh, the, the the kids come through. So and as I say, they get they get a bit of old school with me, and they get all the new stuff with with Ollie. So uh, they get better yeah. both worlds. It's, it's been a great mix, and I, th- I think it's also nice because it's the, the smaller groups. We'll get the parents texting us, "Oh, they they scored a goal at the weekend, or can we work on this?" And you get that 
connection, which I think is key to to any coaching experience, is the connection with your player. So um, yeah, we've been doing it for eighteen months now, yeah. and, and it's, it's been good. it's been going from strength to strength. So it's something we're really enjoying. I'm enjoying joining in as well. Although my knee swells up straight afterwards because I've got my dodgy knee. But yeah, that's it. it probably moves I, better than me at the minute. So. <laughs> I do. I do love joining in with them. Uh, it's 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 great. So um, yeah. So it's it's been it's been good fun. I spent more time with you now since you retired, which is uh, yeah, a lot more. Than when Too I, much probably. Then when you're sick of me now. When you, was, when you were growing up, so I was never there. Yeah. <laughs> great stuff, Rob. Um, did you ever fancy management at all? Uh, not not. Yeah, I, I think you have to be really, really into it. Um, like Ollie is, you know, he likes, loves his coaching, and I, I didn't love it. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't love the coaching side of it. I, I wasn't sure. Um, I'd like to be involved with a football club. I think I can swap players. I think I can um, certain things. I can, I can do which I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at. But I think coaching wise, you have to be um, to be a football club. You have to love the coaching, and and the same with management. It's a sort so. Never, there was a couple of times almost went in with with Alan Shearer as, as his assistant. Some of the things didn't quite come off that we we um, that when he went into it. But um, I think I'm a little bit I'm a little bit old for it now. Ollie's all right. He's he's fine. I can be his chief scout. <laughs> you can apply for the role. Yeah. <laughs> no, your mum said I can have that role. So. <laughs> That's it. I think uh, I think that would have been been amazing. To be fair, if you had done it, but. It also is that it's different skills to, as you see with some players, amazing players. But then you're you've got to be able to coach and teach someone how to do something, and it, it, yeah. it's a different side to it. And not saying amazing players can also be amazing managers, but also sometimes it doesn't translate the same as not so good players can be amazing managers. That's what I'm hoping is going to happen to me, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you get that that it, there's there's no right or wrong way to do it. I think it's all learned experience, and how can you how can you help people? And like Dad said, you've got to love the things that you do. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean it, it hasn't worked out. There's been some sort of big name players who've gone into management, and it's not really worked out for them. Do you, do you think sometimes um, managers who have played at the highest level get a bit frustrated when they have to work with players who, who are obviously not, not as good as they were well I remember I had Edgar Davids as my manager at Barnet for a bit and he so oh, yes. did that yeah, yeah but the, the, Dutch, he was not the, Dutch, the Dutch are arrogant, <laughs> arrogant people I'd, I'd root Hullet so we, we don't want to talk about the yeah, Dutch yeah they, they didn't think kindly of the Lee boys did they so, uh, no they didn't like yeah, us yeah no he, he wasn't he wasn't a, a big fan of the Barnet players <laughs> I think you had to be a certain, certain you know Mark Hughes has gone to um, to Bradford now yes you know and I, and I think um he was a top top player. Played against Mark, and, but, and and he was a top manager as well. And he seems to have not many top managers want to go down to this to the lower levels because I've always said, you listen, what would happen if you stuck? You'd done a TV program. You stuck Pep Guardiola at Accrington Stanley. Yeah, would he succeed? Yeah, I think he would. Who knows? Would he succeed? I he's got he he's would. got no budget. He can't go and buy all the best players. You know, as, as Kevin Keegan always said to me, regardless of of what you feed them, you know how you train them. Uh, usually, if you've got the best eleven players, you'll win the game. Usually, he said there might be a, the odd game that you don't win, but said, but if you've got the best eleven players, regardless of formation, food, you'll win the game. And, it, and, it, and I, I think that's I think that's right. So would 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 be a great social experiment. Be brilliant great, to see. Brilliant. Really. Just a it. top manager. Right, okay, we're going to stick him. I, I think it, if somebody came up with this idea and you could get a top manager to do it. Go in there for a year. They film it for a year, a bit like the Wrexham guys. You know, you, yeah. 
Welcome to Accrington. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> Pep Guardiola's in there. I'm sure he'll never, never do it. No, but I can't see him. <laughs> he's got no budget. Can he coach these players to yeah. be to get up that league just with those players? Or does he need to? Wherever Pep's been, and I think it's Pep's brilliant, but wherever he's been, he's had the best players. Barcelona's yeah. had the best players. Bayern Munich had the best players. So yeah. he's never really not had the best players. And, and everyone raves about him, but... Could he do it? Low? I don't know. I mean, that's, it's a good question. That's the question. Great question. It? What manager could do it? Do you know what I mean? That's the Keegan went down to Fulham. I think they were in the second division. But again, they they, they had a good budget. Yeah. It's whether you, you know what, what defines a, a, a great coach. I always, I always say that. What defines a great coach? Is it the, or a great manager? Is it ones that wins? Normally, the one that gets manager of the, manager of the year is, is normally one that wins the league or wins the European Cup or wins the you know the. It's normally a bit predictable, yeah. isn't it? It is, but does that make him a great coach? Yeah. Does that make him a great manager, or is it somebody that, that's improved that team who are rubbish, improved all their players? Is he the best coach because he's got the best out of those players? You know, so it's I've always I've always had that thing about would they be able to? And again, if you had the Accrington manager swap places with Pep Guardiola. Could Again, it would, it, would, it, would, it would prove my point. Well, he's got the best player, so he should, regardless of what he does, he should win. Do you know what I mean? He, yep. he, he should. If I, if I, I think if I had Man City's players, I wouldn't be far off. Sure. And I know nothing about management because I've never done it. I know about football. So I, I think I'd have a chance of But then that, that's Champions when there League. becomes more facets to it that is managing people and finding ways to gel them together and building their confidence and building their belief in what you're trying to do so I fully agree with the the point it'd be well you're not agreeing with it really are you just well, it'd be brilliant to see it'd be brilliant to see but I'm just saying I think there's more to it than just the 11 best 11 being on the pitch because otherwise it would be pointless well, it, sometimes it is pointless, pointless. sometimes they are sometimes they are pointless but then why don't they turn we never, every we, game why don't Man City win every single game well that's the well, that's because they 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 Normally, normally they can't win every single game. PSG, why don't so, PSG win? Well, they win. They win the majority of their games. Yeah, they win the majority every single no, game. They can't. Right? You can't because again, you need luck. You need something goes against you. You need. You know what I mean? You can't win every game. Well, the point is that usually, the majority of the time, if you've got the best players, you'll win the game. I yeah, think usually, but that's why usually football's usually great. Yeah, that's that's what that's makes why football we get support. the upset. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we never agree. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're out of time, chaps. Wow, has it gone? That's gone quick, by the way. It's gone in a flash, hasn't it? How quickly has that gone? Yeah. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. It's been it's been great. It's been a great first good, experience. Good first yeah. experience, isn't it? Yeah. So um, okay, can I pers- persuade you both to come back for another one? Then? I think we could definitely do not. One. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> not until my pay goes up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to our listener, I hope you've enjoyed it as well. If you have, tell your friends because uh, we're going to be doing another one very soon. But uh, for now, this has been the Football Family Podcast. I'm John Chubb. Take care and bye bye. Thank you very much. <laughs>